0: Hey, fellas, you know I only got so many speeches in a given workup or deployment, but uh, it's like Chief and I said right at the beginning of this platoon. Once we step off on campaign, once this bird's ready and we're downrange, everything back home needs to be in balance. I mean, we're not gonna be worth a damn to each other or ourselves if we get over there and something's out of whack. I mean, if things aren't right with the family, things aren't right with the finances, or something's off, it's gonna put us all out of balance. So we need to have that tight before we launch. If somebody's got an issue, bring it up. Chief can take care of it, I can take care of it, everybody's got each other's back. Let's make sure we lock that down so when we're ready to roll, all our focus is on the mission.
1: For all those who've been downrange,
2: to us and those like us, damn few. Cheers. 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 Lately, USA is getting scarier. Half of the Americans I see all hate America. They hate the cops doing their best to take care of us and kneel for the flag and salt the soldiers that we're burying. I'm tired of the complaining why you living in America if all you do is hate it. Think it's brave to they a stand against the nation? Real bravery is dying for the right, so you can say it, dear America. What happened to Americans? Apparently, no one's aware or cares that it's embarrassing. it's arrogance. Our greatest enemy was always slavery and terrorists, and now it's people in the country trying to burn the heritage. I can't help it; I just seem to see the world different. It ain't Republicans or labor rules; it's mental illness. The internet is only interested in left opinions. Cancel culture's got more power lately than the First Amendment. If you don't like it, leave. We will not deep beliefs. We don't want no. In our neighborhoods or in the streets,
1: we respect freedom of speech. We protect what we believe. We don't want nobody dead, so please do not tread on me. In America, the freedom ain't free. In America,
2: got soldiers dying overseas, so America. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from a movie called Act of Valor in honor of next Thursday is Veterans Day, and I want to honor all our veterans, all our veterans, all the people that have uh, that have served, have have laid their life down for as service to our country to keep us free. Freedom ain't free, and uh, happy Veterans Day! And thank you for your service to all the veterans. Um, I also opened up with that with that the first time I've used a rap song on uh, on the main event. Uh, that was Tom McDonald, America. Um, I don't listen to rap, but you know what? there's a there's a movement in this country and now even the now even the rappers are starting to talk about how how messed up this country is is getting and how uh, how idiotic people are and uh i had like three different people send me that send me that i know you don't listen to rap but listen to this one you're gonna like this one so there it is america by tom mcdonald um let me uh let me mention uh let me mention uh while we're on veterans day uh the mentone film festival is coming up uh next week on veterans day at the mill creek cattle company in mentone uh, for all you veterans, uh, the Mill Creek's giving out a free meal if you attend. If you're a veteran, otherwise it's ten bucks, and they're doing a uh, veterans' uh, films all day long, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting and very entertaining, and a free meal to you veterans. Go to MentoneFilmFestival.com to get information, and uh, I just might see you there. Uh, anyway, so uh, we got a big a big show for you today, but before we go forward. Let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you don't want to talk on the phone but you would like some information on on financing, uh, go to edhoffman.net. click on the planet home lending logo and do the computer thing. And you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you have comments on the show, uh, email me at ed at ed And don't forget, don't forget, uh, my book, uh, experience matters. Here's mine makes a great Christmas gift for uh, young adults. And for, uh, and for even uh, not so young adults and certainly teenagers, give some people some, uh, some advice on life and uh, how to invest in real estate, how to, recognize, uh, how to recognize the price that we all pay to get where God wants us to be. And uh, it's my first book. I'm really proud of it. It's getting great returns getting great reviews and uh go to ed hoffman.net and uh, you get it in paperback or hardback uh okay so uh before i go go on uh in the studio with me today uh the proprietor of don's bikes mr scott mcafee welcome back to the to the show ed always great to be here yeah we have we have a, a good one today yeah we do yeah we do looking forward to uh the mala comedy night make america laugh again uh comedy night in long beach this week uh this week's guest katie hopkins is gonna be the uh, is gonna be the headliner for Sunday. It's sold out, and since uh, there's no more tickets left, and she happens to be in town, we got her on the on the radio sh- uh, today with us. Katie, welcome back to the main event.
1: Ah, oh, thank you to you, Ed, and thank you to Scott, and thank you to everybody who is coming to the brilliant event uh, on Long Beach. I can't wait to see everybody there, and and uh, and to your audience as well. You know, this is just about bringing people together. And getting people to remember how it feels, to feel good in a room of people and, and laugh again. You know. So thank you to all, all of you for that.
2: Exactly. And uh, as, as we always do when, uh, when you're talking, I love I the way we get to, to uh, remember what America used to be and uh, what the world used to be and remind us of what we have left what we have left that we can still salvage if we if we come out of the ether
1: oh i tell you I, and I, I know i know i know you know we, we laugh a lot at these events and sometimes people have said to me afterwards katie you know it's not funny you know these aren't funny times but actually laughter is one of you know the best weapons we have the other side are not funny i mean they're not good looking either but they're not funny they don't have a sense of humor we do and it's not that we're not recognizing these are serious times but there is much that can be gained by feeling better together and one of the glorious things i've now been on the road for 110 days since i left my uh, family home in the uk and 110 days across america and it's not something it's always something you can feel first so it's something you feel on the road it, it's the way i felt with brexit i knew brexit was going to happen it's where, the way I felt about Trump when I was going across America before he, the election. And I feel it again now, it's electric. Like my, my whole little arms, my little hairs on my arms just went up. It, it, this country right now, it's not yet, you can't feel it necessarily generally, but on the road you feel this country is so ready for the fight now and it's electric. And I have never seen in all of the years, 10 years I've spent on the road across America, I've never felt this country stand this tall. And and I think we're just seeing the sparks of that now with the Virginia gubernatorial race, the pushback in Minneapolis. Those are the first little signs that we're back onto a winning straight. And, and it's electric out here across the country in every single state. And I'm so proud of Americans. And I'm basically just going around applauding all of you because uh, your country remains the greatest country on the face of planet earth. And I've never been more convinced of that.
2: Yeah. I felt, I felt like we were electric going into the election in November last year. Um, I remember standing on the, on the, on the tarmac of bullhead city, Arizona airport and watching this yeah. little airport and this <laughs> big giant plane landing, landing with Trump. in and, and I thought, I thought, we were going to, you know, I thought it was electric. Everybody was pumped up. We had, you know, we, yes. were, we were where we needed to be. And yes. th- then all of a sudden they stole it. And we watched our, our Republicans in office just roll over, stick their tail between their legs, legs and pee on themselves. And, uh, oh, my God, there's people protesting. We'll just We'll just stop standing up for what we believe in. It yeah, was it, it that's ugly.
1: exactly right, and it was ugly. Uh, many of us were there through that. Um, you know, I, I came back, uh, despite the, the orders that, uh, you know, this massive kind of the National Guard could open fire without warning. You know, I came back to watch the installation of that uh, sad little old man into your presidency, and, um, and it's been brutal. You know, we all know, and, and I know I'm the foreigner and I know I'm not an American, but uh, it's been a brutal 12 months. And and that's what's so amazing about these events, the one that Scott's organized kindly in Long Beach is, um, you know, it's very emotional. People, we, we don't necessarily know it. It's like when you have a, like a bereavement in the family, you carry grief. And it's not till it starts to come out of you, you realize how much you're carrying. And I feel that way about Americans. They've been carrying this sort of grief for 12 months and we have to whoo, offload it and unburden. And, and this is a glorious time. I was just in Rancho Cucamongo. I'm saying it like that because <laughs> I don't barely know where it is. I know that it's kind of an obscure outreach in California. And in this cul-de-sac in Rancho Cucamongo in the middle of nowhere, a little lady had put a sign out on her, on her yard, her lawn, and it said, way to go, Virginia. And I was like, you know what? When was the last time someone in Rancho Cucamongo, California gave a monkey's armpit, uh, that's British for gave a rat's ass, for a gubernatorial race in Virginia? And that's what's electric about this country. Your fight is our fight. This fight here is that fight. This, this connection, this, this mother's working together, uplifted by Virginia. I mean, it's, it's terrific. In the truest sense of that word,
2: well, before before you you say something, Scott, let me just apologize to the people in Rancho Cucamonga that are listening that uh uh Katie really does know where Rancho Cucamonga is. She's been there many times, and uh she's just she just jabbing you. <laughs> well, and you know, look, we don't wait, we...
0: no wait a minute. No,
1: no, wait, wait, Scott, wait. Why am? Why are you apologising?
2: Uh, just because how you said it's some obscure little little pocket in California. It's like ten miles from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that's a. Uh, yeah,
1: it's an obscure. If you think about this, if you A, a don't apologise for me. <laughs> uh, I don't apologise for anything I say. B, in the grand scheme of the whole of America, if you take that whole country and you look and you put a dot in the map for Rancho Cucamonga. That's a tiny little place, as is anywhere else, Denver, Colorado, whatever. But the people in Rancho, who I have just spent two days with because I care about that little place, they know and they care about Virginia. That's a remarkable thing. That's an uplifting thing. I am cheering those people on. No,
0: you're abs- you're absolutely right, and I think well, th- our hope our hope is that, as you said, that what happened in Virginia is going to be the start or the spark of a larger movement yeah. that will sweep across this country. Hopefully, in the next year in 2022, as well as in, in 2024, because if not, we're kind of screwed at this point. And it, I know that part of your theme of coming over to the United States is to to warn us about what could happen to us. Look what's happening in the UK, and thanks to me have seemed to gotten so bad that I think I should go to the UK and warn them, this is what could happen to you if you don't turn around. But, you know, we are literally witnessing... Uh, You know, almost the rise of a totalitarian state. We have Americans who are political prisoners at this point, as you well know, Katie. These are the people that were at the January 6th, quote, insurrection. Many of them are still being held in, in prison in solitary confinement. I saw a report on Tucker last night of some of these people that are being starved and beaten and basically tortured in the United States and i'm thinking wow i mean how far have we gone in a matter of months that this could actually be happening over here
1: yeah. oh i mean it, it's wild when you, you the january 6th stuff is is heartbreaking um, i was there i have to say the reason probably i wasn't in the capitol building was because i got detained by the Department of Homeland Security at Heathrow for twelve hours. Had that not happened, I would be probably banned from America by now. And I just flew to Nebraska um, to do a talk there um, and to be with our people there. And then went to find Brandon Strack while I was there as well. And you'll know that he suffered because of the uh, forceful nature and popularity of his movement, um, the Walkaway Movement. You know, he became one of those. Political prisoners in many ways uh, from the January 6th moment, uh, he was there doing what he does best, which is just bringing our side together. But he's had a year of absolutely excruciating pain. He's waiting for his sentencing. He just had to accept a plea deal, um, and uh, and it's been it's been absolutely brutal. and And it breaks my heart that you you know, as you say, the tyranny is so real. and And I think you know the same about. I've just been deported as many of your listeners will know from Australia, for the same thing, for speech, for speaking out against the tyranny of the Australian government. I was put on a plane and deported and I'm now banned from Australia.
0: So can you tell us what's exactly, I mean, look, I've seen some of the video clips of what's going on in Australia. I see people getting beat up for speaking out. Give us your take on what's going on. It seems to be one of the worst instances of a totalitarian government uh, against its own people.
1: Yes, it is in the more general. I mean, your point is absolutely spot on about the 6th of January, January 6th, and those guys in prison. It breaks my heart that we haven't got them out. Um, But in terms of day-to-day on a mass population scale, Australia is certainly the most extreme example I've seen. So a short list would be still uh, 9 p.m. until 5 a.m., nighttime curfew that's policed by military helicopters overhead and they circle all night. People are not allowed out of their homes for more than one hour a day. They're not allowed more than five kilometers from their home address. They're only allowed out as individuals. There is government instruction not to speak to your neighbor. There are government advertorials about how you're not allowed to browse when you go grocery stop shopping, you have to keep up a constant speed with your cart. I, I sound like I'm making this up. I am not. And that's been 263 days of that uh, in places like Melbourne, where individual state premiers are competing to see who can be the biggest tyrant and presumably please their Chinese masters the most. But it is truly the darkness. And what is even weirder, is the compliance of so many and the way in which many members of the military and the police have gone along with the state brutality and are prepared to smash 70-year-old ladies in the face uh, with their batons when they're having a seated, silent protest. I mean, that—that that is darkness itself.
2: Wow. Don and I were in uh, Australia about five or six years ago. And uh, well, before it was before Trump. It was during the Obama administration, and, and I remember us going through customs, and the guy goes, "Are you here on business or pleasure?" I said, "Well, I'm, I'm here on pleasure, but you know, I might be looking for a place to, uh, to relocate to, if our, if our country continues swirling around the toilet bowl." And he goes, "Well, what if we don't want you?" I said, "I guess I'm screwed." And, uh, and, and we thought New Zealand and Australia were certainly good alternatives if, if uh, Obama uh, succeeded at at uh at at flushing our country down the toilet and uh apparently he didn't finish the job and biden's trying to uh to get it the rest of the way um it's hard to believe that australia's turned to that
1: yeah they really have and i totally agree with you it was always the place we looked that we would run to you know my jewish friends have israel and for us there was always a sense of ah one day you can escape to australia because they don't really give a flying you know whatever but um but that's completely turned around now it certainly wouldn't be well i'm i'm not i'm not able to go back there should i want to um and and certainly i don't see myself even though i lived there for a year as a I mean, I think the British uh, school system made a mistake, but they sent me over there as an ambassador to improve relations between the UK and the uh, yeah. and Australia when I was 17 years old. But um, I, I don't see myself ever going back there. And, and that's a sort of sad thing, but m- much more sad and much darker is the way that 35,000 Australian families have been forcibly separated from their own and are now only allowed to reunite, obviously, if they take the forced state injectable um you know that's the brutality facing so many and indeed still british people we're still banned from your great country if we don't have uh, a double jab well you know and the funny thing when i looked at australia i'm thinking where's all these i
0: can't use that word on the air where's all the real men in australia what what happened to like crocodile dundee and steve Irwin wrestling alligators where are all the real men? Because I know for me as a business owner, when I heard wind that as a business owner, I would p- potentially have to require vaccination status of my customers and my employees. I'm driving to work and I'm going, you know what the simple answer is? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm never getting vaccinated. Not now, not ever. Nor will I ever, ever require that of my employees or my customers, it's just not going to happen. They can sue me into oblivion. They can arrest me, but it's just not going to happen. That's the line that I'm willing to to stand up against. That's the hill I'm personally willing to die on. But I'm thinking, maybe I just don't see them. Where's all the real men of Australia that can march on this and put this thing to a, to a close immediately? If enough people say no, this thing's mm-hmm. done. You know what's you know, interesting yeah,
2: is, go ahead, go ahead, Katie. Oh,
1: no, no. I, I mean, whatever, but I, I, I'm I, with you, Scott, and it breaks down into two things. So number one, it breaks down into uh, people with Second Amendment and people without. And and that can never, Americans, I don't want to say Americans don't get it because that isn't the right way of phrasing it, but because you are born with freedom, hardwired into your souls, you are, you are different. And, and I feel it, I smell it, I sense it, I taste it around all of you. You have freedom hardwired in you. Your constitution demands that of you. You kicked our British asses out of this great country because you were not gonna be subjects. You are not a democracy, you are a republic. And you carry your weapons where you go. And it changes a man. I'm telling you, it changes a man. And that's why you're always gonna stand apart. But then equally, this idea of holding the line, it hasn't happened anywhere else where there isn't a Second Amendment and a constitution. It absolutely has happened in, with my friends in Rancho where we all got together in a backyard and then we all went in and out just to make a stand in In In-N-Out to support their staff who are maskless, who have lost two In-N-Outs so far in California. We all went there en masse to to just applaud them in their restaurant. And the reason I'm here right now in wherever the heck I am, where am I? um, Hold on, Nevada, city in sacramento is because tonight i will be at friar tucks rallying with the great restaurateurs and bar owners here who refuse to t- shut their doors who took the fines took the penalties and will never mask anybody and and that's to me you know what america is you are big bold men and women um, standing up and you are backed by your constitution and your second amendment and it separates you from every other man and woman on the planet. And and it's such a special thing. It's so special here.
2: Makes makes you feel good. You know, Katie should be, Katie if you were born here, you could be president. You could be our first woman president and we would be <laughs> inspired by the way the way, you, the way you talk about America. You know, what's funny is uh, I love uh it. last week on my show I talked about Uh, the issue that I had with, uh, getting into Loma Linda university medical center while Don was in there, uh, had an emergency, uh, heart, uh, procedure, which saved her life. And, and, and I talked about how Loma Linda said, have you had, have you had the jab? Have you had uh, the vaccine? do you have a vaccine card? I said, no, if you had a negative, negative test. And I said, no. And they said, well, you can't come in. I said, well, I've been here for 18, the last 24 hours and you're not keeping me out. My wife's in recovery. There's no way you're keeping me out. And and somebody sent me one of my listeners, one of my rest, regular listeners who listens to me every week, um, sent me a, an email, called me a bastard for for endangering the doctors and nurses of Loma Linda because I won't I won't be honorable and uh, and follow the rules. And I said, you know what? I say, wait, 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 wait. I said, let's let's uh, let's just take a step back. If everybody's gotten the vaccine and that protects them, then, then they're not in danger of of anything from me. And if and if I choose to not take the vaccine, then I'm the only only endangering myself. How does that make me a bastard and how does that make me put anybody in danger? And so, you know, it's, it's just how much will we take? How much will we take? And uh, it's unfortunate for Australia that they, don't have, that they don't have the Second Amendment and they don't have the, the ability to stand up like we do. But I see, I see a uh, civil war coming on, and I see uh, all of us that, that own guns and carry guns, it's time to cock them and, and be, be prepared to use them because Second Amendment was to protect us from our government, not from each other. Although we use them for that, too. Hey, anyway, we're all out of time for the first half of the main event, so stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and uh, sports, and uh, we'll be right back with the second half with uh, Katie Hopkins. In America, it's free to free. In America, soldiers dying overseas. So America, you say what we believe. by America. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Planet Home Lending. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the show because uh, if you're not in the market, it's probably boring. But if you are in the market, want to find out about uh, refinancing a piece of property you own or buying a piece of property you'd like to own, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo. If you weren't listening in the first half, uh, in the studio, I have uh, my buddy, Scott McPhee, proprietor of Don's Bike. Scotty. Yo, Ed. Good to be back. And uh, on the Zoom call, we have our uh, our special guest that's going to be headlining our uh, our show in Long Beach on Sunday night that's sold out, Katie Hopkins. Katie, welcome back to the main event again. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much for having me back on the show.
2: Yeah, we love it. We we have you on here every week, but then, uh, then I wouldn't have anything to do. Uh, so anyway... <laughs> let's talk about, we didn't talk about much about uh, uh, stuff going on this week, but uh, in the first half, so let's talk about some of that and get everybody's comments. So uh, Tuesday night, Republican Glenn Youngkin beat Democrat and former Governor Terry McAuliffe in the Virginia governor's race. Uh, He was formerly the governor of that state from 14 to 18, uh, beat him with 50.9 of the vote over McAuliffe's 48.4. And I noticed, I noticed, you know, on November 3rd, Virginia was six percent of the vote in. Trump was ahead, and they called it for Biden. Uh, Tuesday night, they waited. They waited till there was like ninety-six percent of the vote in before they would call it. Um, it's just, it's it's amazing what happens when it's uh, when things are going the way that that they're supposed to go. With you know, as the world turns, the right thing starts to go happen, and they don't. They want to deny. It. Uh, Republicans believe this gives the GOP a playbook to follow in next year's congressional midterms, and clearly this is a referendum on the Democrats' current agenda of COVID mandate overreach, attacks on parents, critical race theory, and gender-bending insanity in our schools. Maybe hiring a bunch of Lincoln Project morons to pose as white supremacists was the nail in the coffin for McAuliffe, but most people point to this as the moment his campaign started tanking.
0: I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. You know, I get really tired of everybody running down teachers. I love our teachers. And what they have done through COVID, these are real heroes that deserve our respect.
1: Yeah, well, that's debatable. Katie? I just, uh, I mean, a few things. Uh, Number one, what a glorious thing that the whole of America was focused on this gubernatorial race and was watching and america is so alive and alert like it's like a little like a little animal in a hedgerow like with its ears pricked up ready for good news it it's an amazing thing as an outsider to see america care this much, that's the number one thing. Number two, watching CNN was just joyous. I turn to CNN when we're winning because it's so much more fun than listening to Fox or anything else. It's so great watching them with their facial cerebral palsy because they cannot say, oh, youngkins ahead. And I heard exactly what you're talking about, their failure to call it. And they were like, we can't call it yet because you can never be too careful. Meanwhile, all the punditry on social media is going, they're going to call it in a minute for Stacey Abrams, <laughs> which I just love. And then, um, and then finally, you know, the winds were so much bigger than just the Yunkin moment. You know, we had New Jersey in play and our guy was surging in a place he should never have been anywhere near. You had Minneapolis saying, actually, we think the police are kind of useful after all, which was a glorious moment. And then you've got that magnificent lieutenant governor now, Winsome Sears, standing there posing with her automatic weapon. A uh, black lady who says, listen, I've been black all of my life. I got over it a long time ago. Uh, can we move the conversation on, please? I mean, if if there was ever a night where our side suddenly went, hold on a minute, we got this, uh, and then the next morning I woke up and the headline on CNN was five reasons Democrats should be terrified for 2022. I mean, what a great headline for us. So so yeah, I'm just not everywhere I go, you know, on the road, I'm just on my feet applauding Americans because you know I don't just see that as a win for Virginia. I see it almost like the combined power of every ordinary American, like I'm ordinary, that went to a school board meeting or signed a petition to recall Newsome or created this mm, culture of defiance that we all share now. All those little people like me, you, like Scott, like whoever out there were all part of, I think, making Virginia win and the win that you're gonna see in 2022. It's brilliant. I, I, can't, I can't applaud you all enough. I'm so thrilled. Well, it's definitely something we needed.
0: I think what we saw last night was it was basically a blue state that turned red. And if the presidential election were held today, Virginia would vote for the Republican. Now, if we're smart, which, of course, on the Republican side, we're typically not. But if we're smart, we need to be reaching out to those people that switched over, because that's what happened, reaching out to those Democrats that said, you know, enough's enough of this insanity. We need to, number one, welcome them into our party. And we also need to talk to them and find out, look, what issues are important to you? In this case, it did seem like that CRT, critical race theory, which is basically just racist Uh, that was enough for a lot of parents and comments like parents have no role in their teach in their kids education was also just too much even for for diehard democrats um and i got i was actually at a conference in orlando florida and one of the the speakers mentioned a story about a 10 year old girl whose best buddy in class was a black girl and what the teacher did was they separated them according to race saying basically you the white kids are the oppressors and you the black kids are the victims the little girl came home crying and and that's just like child abuse and but it's it's a, and look if there's any great if there's any silver lining to COVID it's that a lot of parents found out what the hell's going on in their classrooms and for many of them it was just too much.
2: Yep, you know and I I uh, I'll uh, quote a story that I wrote in my book um, when I went through when I divorced my egg donor uh, my kids were two and three and one of I didn't think I could I could get custody of my kids I didn't think I could handle them uh, as a single dad but you know when it came down to it. I said there is absolutely no way in hell I'm ever going to let my kids call another man daddy. And when it, when it comes down to, when it comes down to uh, our kids, this is when parents get fired up. They get, they get a territorial.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I also think you going to put, you're going to shut down schools and you're going to tell dads and mums that you got to homeschool your kids now alongside your jobs and your whatever else you've got going on in your life, trying to earn money, trying to keep a roof over everyone's head, trying to keep everyone fed. You're going to teach them as well for a year because we're not turning up to school anymore and we're kicking them out. And then you want to tell me after I've taught my kid for a year or two kids or three kids, and we all know how that is in the morning. You, You know, sometimes it's a lot. You want to tell me that I now don't have a say after taking over the teaching process for a year? that's really where the sharp, pointy end of the stick starts to jab uh, and that's why it was so glorious and I, and I you know personally as a foreigner and it's not a popular opinion, you know we can learn a lot more strategically as well from the youngkin thing as well. I think we saw the flaws personally of having someone so closely affiliated to. Trump and the Trump narrative in California after the recall, I think having someone who was standing just on policies, very clear policies he was gonna to deliver tomorrow and pulling in those independents, pulling in the Democrats was fantastic. So I'm so interested always to see who people say they'd like to see on the ticket for 2024. Um, but you know, I'm championing Tulsa Gabbard and that's, a, and that's a weird thing to say. And people be like, ah, that British kid, what does she know? But if we had someone on our ticket who was a secret Democrat, but also one of ours, ah, oh, wouldn't it be an amazing thing? How many votes would we get there?
2: Oh yeah. So you're, so you're thinking Tulsi uh, Gabbard uh, for president? Oh. Or, for, no, or to be on please. the ticket with Trump?
1: Oh no, you see, I'm a DeSantis Tulsa ticket. That's never gonna happen, right? But imagine it, you've got a DeSantis who can walk on water as far as our side is concerned and then Tulsa who in her heart is a republican and ex-military or military mm-hmm. in her core and yet she can pull Democrats and she's a woman so she's unattackable i j- i just love it i mean people will just be scoffing at the radio i know but i'm just putting it out there is a crazy thought
2: yep i would uh, i don't i don't disagree with that um one of the thing one of the things that i was thinking when you're talking about having everybody homeschool this is the glory of the, of the free market. And I said this when, uh, when the automakers went through, uh, went through bankruptcy, if, if Obama had just stayed out of it, um, you would have all the, we'd have GM and Chrysler shut down and you'd have all these auto workers there that know how to build cars. And you have all these, all this machinery and they would all get together and say, Hey, we want to start our own our own uh, company, and we can build cars. And they would get together with some investors and go back in there without the unions, and had start up again, and and that would have fixed things instead of having uh, Obama step in and hand it to the United Auto Workers, and uh, who was the reason that the the auto work the auto companies were were going broke anyway. Now you've got people with the schools. Hey, the kids stop going to school. All these teachers are out, but there are, there's a whole bunch of those teachers that are good teachers that want to teach. And you watch those kids, have, those teachers have kids too. And all of a sudden you have all these people homeschooling and they say, Hey, we need to get together and, and share this. And next thing you know, you're opening up, opening up uh, charter schools or opening up non-government schools and everybody, everybody's paying for those. and, and, out of out of that, we break the teachers' unions, and out of that, we you know you you watch the free market always works.
1: Yeah, and 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 be under no illusion. Uh, none of us would want to talk about it too much on a radio show, I'm sure. But if anyone thinks that there aren't very large homeschool operations uh, in play right now, particularly in California. Uh, they're living under a rock. Like mothers and fathers have not just gone, oh, sure, we'll homeschool for a year and now we'll hand them back to the weirdos at the schools and the weirdo union teachers, No, 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 Uh This homeschooling network that's building up and the speakeasies that I'm finding in every single state I go to, rooms, secret rooms where people can gather. It, it is like, I mean, I don't know what it was like in the war, even though I look about 150, um, but the resistance... Uh, in this country, this slightly undercover subversive groups of people working outside of the system. I mean that's a whole other conversation but I've seen it, I've been part of it, I've been to some of these new schools um, and I and I love them and it's it's amazing what's happening um, and it's why I'm so positive, so confident, so optimistic um, because I've seen it with my own eyes and and we are building, networks beyond networks Um, and that's one of the reasons also i'm on the road is because one day we won't have internet social media will be meaningless but our ability to rock into a town and bring together 300 people just like we're going to do in long beach just like i did last night just like i'll do it again tonight these are the networks that are going to be fired up when we need them whatever that need should be Um, and that's what we're building and you guys are a part of that your listeners are part of that Everybody who stands up for someone or helps someone across a road or is kind to someone, you know, in the market or whatever that we're all part of that network. And it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing.
2: Absolutely. So let's let's listen to uh, what the main, how the mainstream media melted down Tuesday night. Let's hear a little uh, montage of how the uh, how the mainstream media just kind of cried, cried in their soup Tuesday when they saw what, what happened in Virginia
1: we also see the enduring power of the culture wars and the republicans are better at playing this game because it's essentially white identity politics that works for republicans education right which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching about race the real ominous thing is that critical race theory
0: which isn't real turned the suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection endorsed Republican.
2: When this election is over in Virginia, we will know, have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism? Yeah, uh, and of course, these morons completely ignored the fact that a black Republican woman also won in Virginia. Her name is Winsome Sears, as Katie mentioned, Jamaican immigrant and a Marine veteran, uh, the first woman of color to serve in a statewide office in Virginia. Here's her response to the whiners we just heard, like Joy Reid.
0: We are framing too many issues in terms of race, and it just continues to divide us. And and, and, and unfortunately, politicians are using it as a tool Mm.
2: because of the things that have happened to us historically to advance, I would think, their nefarious purposes. I wish Joy Reid would invite me on her show. Let's see if she's woman enough to do that. She talks about white supremacy. Does she know that I ran against
0: a white supremacist? I mean, Joy, come on, get your facts straight, and then come talk to me.
2: I love Winsome Sears, <laughs> she is an absolute rock star. And uh, you know, the, this last clip, the Democrats know this spells trouble for the midterms. Uh, and here's Kamala Harris, what she said about Virginia four days before the election.
1: It is a bellwether for what happens in the rest of the country. and seeing what happens in Virginia will in large part determine What happens in 2022, 2024, and on? Oh, yeah. Katie? That woman, every time I hear her voice, it just makes my teeth... You know, like when you bite onto, like, what would you call it? Aluminum here, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Aluminum foil. Or you bite something and it goes, ah! Every time I hear her voice, that's exactly the feeling I get. You know, it makes my teeth itch because she's so... (laughs) It's like my my spider senses kick off because of the inauthenticity of her. I can't, I physically, I'm, I'm literally sitting here with my little fingers grasped like as I've got them on her. I, I'm not sure I wouldn't, you know, I would be fearful of my reaction if I ever saw Kamala in, in person. But um, yeah, look, it's just such a great moment. And I, and I you, you're speaking to ladies last night here who are fighting on school boards, not fighting, but, you know, standing up for children here on school boards in California. They all said, in fact, one of them's given me a T-shirt that's sitting on the back of this chair and it's resilient women. And and that's the other thing I noticed is the power of not wanting to be a burn the bra feminist, but like Youngkin's wife got up there and she said, I need to thank the 27,000 strong women for Glenn because they made the difference. I was just in front of, a thousand women in Austin who were from the National Federation of Republican Women. And they were very clear. Any politician that wants to be elected has to come through us. This this strong woman thing is so brilliant because it pushes back on weaklings like Kamala and Joy Reid, who frankly are a disappointment to the female sex. And it elevates people like Winsome who are amazing or Tulsa or Marjorie or whomever else. Um, and I do think this strong woman thing is, is so powerful because we're sick of being labeled as victims or weak in the way that Hillary Clinton wanted us all to feel like we were walked on and disempowered. That, that's rubbish. American women don't feel that way at all. We know we're powerful. We know we're strong. We've been resilient. We've taught our kids. And now we're in the fight. So uh, so yes, 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 to all of them and and hooray for you guys, hooray for America. Thank you to everybody who's hosted me, attended, sent kind messages, thank you to Scotty for making the event uh, on Long Beach happen. Uh, it's emotional because because you guys really are on fire right now, and I'm super proud to even know any of you: We're, we're excited for, we're excited for Sunday night.
0: Yeah, we are. So one of my comments was listening to these talking heads at the other networks uh, saying that, well, parents don't want to white. I'm sorry, white. They have to make it racial. Right. Where That's the white supremacist that uh, made this uh, governor's win possible. Uh, and what their comment was, well, white parents don't want their kids to learn about racism. It's like, no, we don't, white parents and apparently parents of, of other colors as well. Don't like racism taught to their kids. Don't like their children being divided up into categories of racist and and a, an oppressor versus oppressed and victims because it's it's equally harmful to children on the other side to be told well you're a victim and you're just not that good etc cetera, etc cetera. I mean so at least again this this was a turning point um we're hoping that it spreads and um and it's pretty exciting actually and this is something we really needed Katie I mean at that conference I know one of the themes was gosh you know we're, we're losing on so many fronts we need at least one win and it looks like we got it
2: oh yeah and and I'm uh, uh, it
1: is I and mean, you know
2: I'm surprised to hear you say that there was a thousand, thousand uh, conservative women in Austin.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we traveled far and wide. This was the Texas Federation of Republican Women. So we pulled in from a lot of places, but they did a really great thing, which is they booked their event in Austin um, as if to stamp uh, a well-heeled foot into territory that is uh, obviously liberal. And I think that's one of the glorious things. Let's not have events where it's easy. Let's have events where it's hard. I mean, and that's the reason uh, I I stand fast with my rancho Cucamongo. The reason I'm in that place is because we need to go to places that are kind of tricky to get to and stamp our foot down. And we have to keep doing that. And it's my challenge to any speakers out there, particularly the boys, my challenge is, don't stand on easy stages in in red places and tell us the stuff that's wrong come come with me stand in hard places that are difficult to reach and start lifting people up because it's very easy to stand on a stage and list all the things that are wrong it's much harder to remember why we're the greatest uh, and to tell people and give people positivity and optimism. And my gut tells me and my heart shows me that that's what people need. They need some people picking us up. Um, and and that's really my challenge as well to speakers is get out there and pick people up. That's our job right now.
0: Well, you know, it's funny cause you say that. The one thing I was thinking not that long ago was, you know, it'd be pretty easy to an event like we're doing this Sunday in places like Texas or Louisiana or Florida, that's, that's safe. That's easy. easy. Doing it in Southern California is not so easy. Um, and, and there's a lot of places that won't even have us, you know, so it's, it's not the easiest thing to do to put these events on, but, uh-huh. but you're, you're right. This is where you need to have a little bit of courage. And this is where that these messages and these events need to happen is so called behind yeah. enemy lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is one of the oh, things so This one, I, of I, campa- I one of my campaign. One of my
2: campaigns right now is Thanksgiving's coming up. And everybody says at Thanksgiving, a, you know, Thanksgiving, you got your family there. Don't talk religion and politics. And I say, absolutely. This is where we have to talk because uh, you get your, you get your Democrat relatives in, in a room over a, over a Turkey. And we need to talk because if we don't talk they're they're never going to get educated. Katie, you had a
1: comment? Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I, Ed's, Ed's it's difficult, that one, Ed. I, I just have seen so many, you know, a grown man in Arizona crying, 20 years a Marine for America, fighting for a future for his son, and now his son doesn't speak to him because he refuses to acknowledge that Biden's president. So I don't know. It's easy to say this is where we have to have conversations. But if you're a mom or dad, so many people are just trying to hold on to some sort of basic semblance of a relationship with their child. And that's the story I hear over and over. I just had the same conversation this morning with the lady that hosts this bed and breakfast I'm in. So I'm not so sure about that, but I certainly know that um, having events in in much more difficult places like Scotty, being able to get uh, the venue we have on Long Beach, I mean, that's a triumph. and. And it's so amazing that that's oversold. We still have people wanting tickets. And that to me is, you know, that's why I'm in Austin. That's why I was in Denver. At three sold out events there is we surprise ourselves because we do this flippant thing where we go, oh, Denver, blue. Oh, blah, 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 blue. Like people would say, oh, Virginia, blue. It turns out, you know, we know it every time we're on the road. It's redder than you know. And even other people who are Democrats will say, I'm with you. You, you want the best for each other. I'm with you and, and that's why these old labels whatever the label is no longer really applies in, in my experience on the road this last 110 days but we're still standing and that's a joyous thing and, uh, and that's one of the things our side has apart from a great sense of humor good looks and a personality uh, and a legitimate voting record um many of the things <laughs> our side has actually but we also have um resilience um we we endure and we prevail And we don't go down. I was talking to Roger Stone just the other day, and he's got a lot on his plate. And he was saying, you know, I could just end it. He said, but every day I don't is a day that I still win. And and that's it. Our our side has been pushed to the very edge of reason and rational thinking. And yet we're just determined to prevail. And that's why I have such courage and confidence in the American people.
2: Hey, well, I I love having you on because you make us feel so pumped up about uh, the hope for the future of our country. Yeah. but we're out of time, yeah. so we're going to have to uh, close it off here. Uh, Katie, thanks for being a part of, part of our show today, and uh, we will see you Sunday
1: night. Ah, exciting. Thank you for having me on. Thank you to your listeners, and uh, I look forward to seeing you Sunday.
2: And Scotty, thanks for joining me today in the studio. Always a pleasure, Ed. And uh, everybody, don't forget about uh, getting this is the perfect Christmas gift that isn't, isn't tied up in the uh, supply chain. Uh, get my book. Experience matters. It's going to be the best thing you could do to your young adult kids and your uh, and your teenage kids, and uh, it's a fun read for yourself as well. Hey, I'm uh, we're all out of time. So uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the Main Event. We'll be back again with you next week.